Hello, River family. Pastor Corey here on this Vision Sunday. I want to take some time to address you and to speak to you and to share with you about uh, the history and the vision of River Istanbul Church and Turkish Revival Ministries and the plan and the purpose that God has placed in the house. And, uh, you know, we are now almost going on 19 years uh, at the Eurasian Camp Meeting on December 5th, we will be celebrating the 19th anniversary of the founding of the, of the church. And uh, what a glorious uh, week that's going to be. And we're going to go into our 20th year. It's amazing. <laughs> Truly amazing, actually. But um, uh, I'm going to just take a, a, some time here to talk. Um, I know we have new people in the church. We're always uh, having new people coming in. And I know... Uh, that Pastor Godwell just recently did a uh, uh, membership class with about a almost dozen new members, and so we have always new people coming in the church, and we do these every year. Once a year, we do a Vision Sunday where we take the time to share with, with you about the vision of the church. Uh, we're not only looking, obviously, at the past and the present, but we also, on this Vision Sunday, want to look into the future um, of the church and the ministry, where we are going from here and, you know, obviously also when you've had a church going on 19 years, you've been through so many different seasons of the church and there are the ebbs and the flows. Sometimes, you know, just like the waves, the crest of the wave and then when the wave crashes and the ups and the downs and the inflows and the outflows, the tide coming in, the tide going out. And so you deal with a lot of different things at different times, different seasons of the church. And of course, in 19 years, I mean, River Church has been through many, many, many seasons. It's truly remarkable. Uh, but, you know, I was born in Turkey in 1970 into a Sunni Muslim family, as many of you know. And uh, my family, uh, first my father, Pastor Hamdi, hi dad, he left Turkey in the early 80s, went to the United States and uh, began to work and was able to get a residence permit, which is uh, commonly known as a green card, and then came later on and get Got the family, my you know, mom, myself, and my sister, younger sister that's seven years younger than me, and then uh, basically about 12 and a half, almost going on 13 years of age, I ended up moving to the United States, and uh, we were, I was, uh, you know, we were, you know, nominal Muslims, but I decided to become a practicing Muslim for a number of years, and then, as uh, you know, I'm not going to really get into the details of my testimony, but. I became disillusioned with religion at the age of 16. Uh, the Lord really supernaturally touched my life, actually spoke to me at the age of 17 in an audible voice that God had a plan for my life and, and the presence of God, power of God touched my life and it launched me on a journey of searching. The next year I heard the gospel for the first time in my life and then my heart was beginning to open and eventually I became a born again Christian, the first born again Christian in my family. And then, of course, my mom and my sister came to the Lord late, later. My father, Pastor Hamdi, came to the Lord. But um, on November 12, 1995, I had a supernatural encounter with the Lord, praying and crying out to God as a, just a number of events, a chain of events that just led me, led me to a, just, a, a, just an incredible hunger for the things of God. And one of the things was, of course, you know, when I got saved, I didn't know anything about church. I ended up in a Southern Baptist church for a number of years. That's where my friend took me. And, um, you know, when I first got saved, I was just so on fire for the Lord. I was winning souls, preaching the gospel to everybody, and just always reaching people. 
and then just getting, I just felt like I got stuck in religion, I got stuck in my life, you know, I was, I had a very good job, but I felt like even though many people wanted my job, I, I didn't want the job that I had, I didn't want the career that I had, and I had, you know, the potential of making, you know, becoming very successful and making a lot of money in the career that, the career path that I was in, but I felt that God had something else for my life, so as a result of me just crying out for months and months in the year of 1995, on November 12, uh, 1995, I had a supernatural encounter. The glory of God came like a wave of the sea into my living room in Houston, Texas at 3.30 in the afternoon, and the power of God came all over me, and I had a vision, and the vision, you know, I, the Lord spoke to me about reaching the lost and showed me the lost millions going into a lost eternity, and I was taken up into the clouds, into the cloud of God's glory, where the Lord Jesus stood in front of me. I tried to look at him, and I could not bear to look at him, and I fell at his feet, and I was just shaking, uh, just shaken to my very core, and I heard a almost like a trumpet sound, a loud cry going out that the Lord is coming, is on the clouds, and I knew at that moment that the return of the Lord is very, 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 very soon, and a sense of urgency entered my spirit, and I woke up, just came up, I was no longer sitting on the couch, I was on my face just weeping uncontrollably, shaking literally under the mighty presence of God. And it took me probably a good 10 minutes to come to myself, and I realized then six hours had passed by. And from that day on, I was just completely radically changed. I felt like I was born again, again, in a sense. And I walked around almost like a drunk man for about a week, just weeping, just everywhere I would go. I would just begin to weep, just weep, uh, just uncontrollably, just feeling God's presence and feeling God's call for the, for, for the lost, for my nation. And uh, to make a long story short, you know, just again through a number of different revelations and just things becoming clear to me, God again speaking to me to go to my, go to the city of my birth, where He showed me the city of my birth, Ankara, and I was just looking over the city from a castle, and, and the castle there in Ulus, and then if you would go up there and, and look out to the city, of course you would just see nothing but buildings, just the concrete jungle of buildings. But I found myself looking over the city, this eerie calm, and this darkness, and just the whole city was tombstones. And the voice spoke to me, said, city of your birth, you must tell them the gospel of life. And I woke up, and, uh, you know, and I knew God was speaking to me, and I just prayed, and I got so many confirmations. And basically, November, uh, I'm sorry, uh, from November 12, 1995 to February 1996, Second week of February, February, basically I left. You know, the, in the beginning of February, I gave my two weeks notice to the company that I was working for, and I left, and I came back to Turkey, to the city of my birth, Ankara. And shortly after that, uh, in a time of crying out to the Lord, I received the baptism of fire in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And then I began, you know, started out in my ministry, and at the time, there were less than 500 born-again Christians in the nation, maybe about 10 or 12 established churches. Uh, you know, uh, we didn't even have the Old Testament in the Turkish language. We only had the New Testament. But I joined a mission organization called Operation Mobilization, was on the team and began to recruit people from the Turkish people from the churches and train them up in evangelism and travel around the nation. And in two years... Uh, distributed over 100,000 Bibles, preaching the gospel in many, many places, visiting 33 provinces, arrested 12 different times, put in one time, uh, you know, uh, 
jail for four days, beaten, had my ribs cracked, just, you know, been through a lot of persecution, and, but the Lord delivered me every time, and we just saw supernatural things happen, the power of God begin to flow, I begin to pray for the sick, begin to see miracles, people healed, casting out devils, leading many people to the Lord, started to disciple people, and uh, in that time also I met Pastor Rose, the Lord put us together, and uh, it was just amazing, and uh, the Lord just basically weaved our hearts together with a vision for the nation and nations beyond. But you know, in Turkey, things were so limited. And shortly after, actually the night we got engaged, August 2nd, 1997, and that was actually my dad's birthday. So we got engaged in Ankara. And that night I went to bed and I had a dream. In my dream, I saw a man carrying the fire of God and preaching. And I was standing next to him and I was called up to interpret for him. And it was just a supernatural dream, and I knew that I had to connect with this man, and I didn't even know who he was. And uh, the next week, a few days later, you know, I went to our office, uh, mission office, and we received a package, a box that came from Australia. A lady had come in the summer on a short-term mission trip, and she said, hey, when I go back to Australia, I'm going to send you some, you know, I'm going to send you a care package. What she meant was just some spiritual goodies, and so I just you know, opened the box and I saw some books, some cassette tapes, if anybody even remembers what a cassette tape is, you know, worship music. And then there was this magazine. And as soon as I flipped, I looked at the, the cover of the magazine, it said revival down under. And then there was a picture with hundreds and hundreds of people just lying on the floor. And that piqued my curiosity. And I flipped and I opened the, the magazine and I saw in the magazine, in the picture of the man in my dreams, and in my dream, and it said, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown started a church called the River in Tampa Bay and the River Bible Institute with the vision of training revivalists for the 21st century. And the moment I read that, I mean, the power of God fell on me, and I knew that I knew that I knew God had called me to be a revivalist. I had never heard anybody, you know, talk about being a revivalist, you know, but I knew that was my calling. That was the desire of my heart to carry the fire of God and revival and the gospel and the power of God and the reality of God and people encountering God's presence in a life-changing way, in a life-impacting way. They would, they would never be the same again because just the same way that the Lord touched me, I wanted everyone to be touched with the same glory, with the same anointing, with the same fire that shook me to my core, that changed me, that radically, absolutely transformed my life. And I wanted everyone to experience that. And I, you know, heard of pastors, evangelists, whatever, but I never heard of a revivalist. And so I knew that I knew that's where God wanted us to go. So I called my fiance at the time, Pastor Rose. I said, we're going back to America. We're going to go to River Bible Institute in Tampa, Florida. She's like, I'm not going to America. I said, well, pray about it. You know, she went and she prayed about it and the Lord spoke to her. And then, yes, we're going to go. So, you know, during our time of engagement, we ended up getting married in February 1998. And of course... What was amazing is, you know, my parents were in Tampa, Florida, you know, so I called up my dad, my mom and dad. I said, hey, guys, you know, there's a man there. There's a church there. And you've got to go. Um, you know, and as, as I saw in my dream, too, the church was meeting in the basketball arena of a university on a university campus. And sure enough, you know, the church was meeting in the basketball arena of Sundome arena of the University of South Florida in Tampa, Florida. So my parents went there and actually got to see him before I personally got to see him. And Pastor Ronnie laid hands on him and prayed for them. And the fire of God hit them. And my dad was coming to visit us. And then Pastor Ronnie sent many of his books 
uh, and tapes and everything with him and videotapes. And I started watching them and just devouring them and sharing them with other people. But eventually, you know, we got married. Uh, we went on a 10-day honeymoon. We came, returned from our honeymoon, had one day, packed our bags, and then flew to Tampa and showed up at the church on a Sunday morning. Oh, my God, I am telling you, I mean, you have to understand, you know, I was trying to carry the fire of God, you know, with, because of the encounter that I had, but I had no support. I had no one around me, nobody, nobody that flowed in anointing in Turkey, no churches. I mean, churches were dead, and I was frustrated. I mean, I would win souls. I would take people to churches, and the pastors wouldn't even show up to disciple them, and that just was the frustration I was going through. And also in the mission organization that I worked, they started to, you know, uh, really persecute me, and I, had, I went through some things. I actually got written up disciplined because I was laying hands on people and having miracles. And so they t stop, told me to stop having miracles, to stop praying for people, just distribute Bibles. You know, that was kind of what I went through. And so I knew God was stirring some things and, and, and really stirring a vision in my heart, preparing me for what was to come. So we went to Tampa, Florida, met Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, and he just looked at us and said, if you both come to Bible school, you know, God's going to use you supernaturally. And we, we wanted to go to Bible school. So eventually we ended up going to the River Bible Institute for a year. And uh, throughout that year, it, it was quite different then. You know, there was really not much of a curriculum. It was, the whole year was just revival. And uh, Dr. Rodney was just bringing some powerful people from around the world to minister to us every week. You know, because school was five days a week, three hours a day in the evening. And so that whole year was an amazing year of preparation and change and, and, and getting solid doctrine in our lives, getting the anointing imparted into our lives. And uh, at the end of the year, Dr. Rodney was, uh, God had spoken to him to go to New York City to launch one of the biggest soul winning crusades since the 50s when Billy Graham went and rented Madison Square Garden and ran for three months. So he was going to go to New York. And so we finished that first year and we went, we moved to New York, Pastor Rose and I, just by faith, just by faith with our own resources and lived there for almost three months, uh, just ministering, being a part of Dr. Rodney's team. And at the end of that time, we were about to go back to Tampa. We actually had an offer to be on staff to lead the outreach. Um, and then a major earthquake hit in Istanbul on August 17th, 1999. And we knew that it was time for us to go back to Turkey, to go to Turkey. And we had been speaking to Pastor Rodney about that. About, And then what happened was throughout the, the year, the Lord put Istanbul on my heart. And actually, I was reading a book by Dr. Lester Sumrall about, you know, how run with the vision, how the Lord spoke to him. He said, go to Manila. I'm going to give you a revival there that's going to shake the nation and the nations beyond. And that's exactly what the Lord spoke to me. He said, go to Istanbul. I'm going to give you a revival there that's going to touch the nation and it's going to touch nations beyond. And you're going to carry my anointing and the fire of, of revival to the nation and nations beyond. And I'll bring people from many nations to Istanbul where they'll be touched and impacted by my anointing and revival will spread. And so we had been speaking to Dr. Rodney about it. And when the earthquake hit, uh, we just talked to him. He said, you got to go now. And so he laid hands on us, him and his wife, me and Pastor Rose, uh, you know, Dr. Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown laid hands on us and said, let the same anointing that's on us be upon them. And they released us and we came to Istanbul with two suitcases, no place to stay, nothing, just some money. And, uh, and started ministering in the earthquake zone and just started doing things. And then the Lord 
you know, when we were, one day we were in Taksim Square and we were just looking out at a, almost literally at just a river of people flowing, you know, on Istiklal Jatdesi Avenue. And the Lord spoke to me and said, it's time to start the church. I want you to start the church in Taksim right here. And uh, we started doing some meetings. We rented a hotel meeting hall that would probably seat only about 100 people, uh, maybe 80 people actually. And then we crammed more than 100 people in there eventually. But we started out with eight people and did six meetings. And on the sixth meeting, had 105, 15 people. And, and it was just amazing. And then Africans started to come, Turks started to come. And, and then I started to preach in English with a translate, translator. And uh, it was just amazing. Revival broke out. I mean, nothing like that had ever happened in Turkey at the time, until that time, really. And it was just amazing. And the Lord spoke to me, said, and I actually, on the last meeting, that it was a uh, Friday night, I stood up and I said, okay, Sunday, December 5th, is going to be the first Sunday of River, River Church in Istanbul. And, um, and then I thought to myself, man, I just said that, but I haven't even talked to the hotel. I don't even know if they're available. But that's how we started, just with revival. Six meetings, boom, it exploded. People started getting touched. Fire God started hitting people, and it was amazing. And we just launched the church, and then uh, we started growing and reaching people. And then January of 2000, um, actually January 1st, Dr. Rodney and his wife Adonica and their kids flew over to Istanbul to be with us to do some meetings and just to hang out and see whatever what you know, what was going on, and, and then, uh, you know, confirmed the work, and then we started the River Bible Institute in January in our apartment, in our small, tiny, little 65-square-meter uh, apartment just by Taksim, and then 35 or, th I believe, 35, 35 or 36 students showed up in my living room, and I started to teach, and then we got the, the eventual the facility that you are now sitting at, and we've had that for a long time now, and then uh, it's time to get a bigger one. And then, um, and then we just started running with the church, building the church. You know, uh, a lot of people came and went. A lot of people came and went. And of course, it, it took us a little while to build up a, a strong enough Turkish congregation, a c consistent Turkish congregation, to where we went from bilingual services on this on Sunday to you know English services and then Turkish services, and eventually we had. Uh, uh, you know, uh, French services, then we had Farsi services for Iranians, and then we have Arabic services now. There was a time where we had Russian group, Russian services, and a lot of different things have happened, you know, because when you've had a church so long, you go through a lot of different seasons. But you have to understand the vision of the church is this. It's a threefold vision. Evangelism, equipping believers, and church planting. So that's what it eventually leads to. You evangelize, win souls. Then you got to disciple and equip people, raise them up uh, to, to fulfill their gifts and callings, walk in the fullness of what God has for them. And out of that, because God has placed an apostolic mantle on me and my wife to raise up churches, and so church planting. And actually, many churches have been raised up out of Istanbul. Many, many, many churches have been raised up. I mean, directly and indirectly. Over, over a dozen churches have been planted, and many others have even kind of spurred off after that. But, uh, you know, and then I started to travel throughout Europe, really in 2014, and, uh, two, sorry, 2004 and five, five, I started to travel. 
started to go to Finland, started to go to Ukraine, started to go to other nations, you know, and then uh, went to Nigeria and other places and then started to go to um, uh, different places in Europe and ended up really taking revival to 25 nations. And then we started to see other river churches with some other students that were coming out of Tampa, uh, those from Europe that had gone to be trained in Tampa and had gone back to their nations, but really wasn't much happening. And the Lord sent me to help them. And then we started to see other river churches uh, planted and raised up. The first one that I helped get going, um, you know, was in Helsinki and then went to Amsterdam and then went to Warsaw, went to Latvia, Riga, and then helping the church in Italy and other nations, traveling to Bulgaria, doing fire conferences there, going to Austria, working with Turks and Germany and many other nations were able to travel and see the work of God. And, and then in 2007, uh, we went on television. Uh, I helped get the Kanal Hayat, the Turkish television network, get, get that started. And I was actually the first Turkish person to preach the gospel on television in, in the nation of Turkey and beyond because the satellite coverage is not just Turkey, it's Middle East, Asia, Europe. So, and started to reach thousands upon thousands and thousands of people. Now well over 2 million contacts to our TV programs. Over 10,000 people have been saved through our TV programs and just been carrying revival, going through persecution, you know, suffering persecution by the religious groups and other people, but we just kept blazing the trails of revival, never backing down, never holding back. And it's just amazing to see now, of course, through the River Bible Institute, in Istanbul, many of our leaders there, including our amazing associate pastors, Pastors Godville and Priscilla, were raised up, and they were actually among our charter class, and then it was the first couple I married Praise in the God. church, and many others have been raised Hallelujah. up since, and serving, and growing, and raising up, um, you know, a staff, and media ministry, and then our other, other facility that we have also with the offices, and the Bible school, and so many things were happening, you know, many things were happening. Um, but you have to understand also, you know, God put an apostolic mantle on us to really raise up uh, churches, to raise up and, and touch many nations. But, but you have to understand, always and always and always, the priority in our heart has been, and the Lord promised us that we would reach one million Muslims in Turkey and beyond. And that's always Amen. the number one, the primary, the primary calling we carry. And the secondary calling we carry is to raise up revivalists. So you have to understand that. Evangelism, equipping believers, and then church planting. Yeah. But planting many churches. And the Lord has spoken to me to plant 30 more churches. You know, and he began to deal with me in 2015 about that. But some of the limitations and the resources and other things that we had to see more raised up, we had to see a lot bigger things. The vision is just bigger and bigger, you know, and then we really, really needed to see some major breakthroughs and to expand the ministry. And as a result of that, in 2016, once again in a dream, the Lord spoke to me on July 4th, 2016, to go to West Palm Beach, Florida, to start up a work there to establish a base for worldwide missions. And that's what we've been working on now for the last year and a half here. And of course, that worldwide missions, a big part of that is the work in Middle East and Europe. And really, you know, that's where the whole, you know, concept of Eurasian, 
camp meeting comes from Europe and Asia because the Lord spoke to me. He said, as a former Muslim, I will use you as a sign and a wonder in Europe. And he did that for many years. And I know just the last year and a half, I mean, I've traveled out to Europe a few times, but I have not been personally traveling as much as I used to travel almost once a month, you know, before I, um, we relocated here to West Palm Beach and been establishing this work. And we're still building the foundation. We just got a building now. We're working on that, and everything's going to go to another level in 2019. But again, it's all about what God has placed in my heart to reach one million Muslims and to plant more churches. And so that's what the work in Istanbul is about. But I'm so excited about what God is doing there. You know, the heart of the church is revival. Revival, revival, revival is about raising people who carry the fire of God, who are going to be, who are going to be empowered by the word and the spirit to carry revival within the nation of Turkey and to nations beyond. Amen. So we want to see people raised up. We want to see people sent out. And of course, uh, I mean, one of the, not, well, it's an advantage and sometimes a challenge in Istanbul because Istanbul is, as it always has been for centuries throughout history, it's a very unique city because that city, it's the only city that sits on two continents. It connects Asia and Europe and it's kind of a bridge and it's really an amazing city and uh, it, it is such a special city always uh, also and it's always been such a unique and a special city and has played a very significant strategic role throughout um, history and it, it is spiritually also very strategic because Istanbul is, is a very unique city but it's kind of a, a crossing point you know so a lot of people come through Istanbul it's a it's kind of a transitioning place a lot of people come there and transition and it's been wonderful it's been beautiful and for that reason many people have been touched <laughs> you, you need to understand that probably over 10,000 people have come through our church right. in Istanbul right. you know it's really truly amazing over 600 students in the Bible school over 1,000 people have been water baptized and many many people have been touched through our broadcasts not only the television broadcasts but also our church webcasts. I mean, it's truly remarkable what God has done. You know, only heaven will tell the impact that we've really made. You know, you, know, you may just look around you and see 150, 200 people in the church, but thousands of people have come through the church because of the, the significance, the strategic location and the transition. And many come, many go. I mean, <laughs> many, many people come and go because they ultimately end up in other nations, you know. Uh, because they come through Turkey, and, uh, and God got a, has gotten a hold of many, many people while they were in Istanbul, and they've been raised up. Some of them have moved on to other nations, and some of them have gone back to the original nation where they came from to start a work. And so it's amazing what God has done, um, and uh, it's been a joy, and it's been amazing, but it's also been very challenging because, you know, we should be like a church of thousands of people. <laughs> but, you know, uh, in a way we are, because through TV and through broadcast, we, we do reach hundreds and hundreds of people beyond the four walls of the church. But it's also been one of the challenges, because people come and people go and things like that. But then, of course, many people have been plugged in and planted in the house and are bearing fruit. And, and many others will come. Many, many, many new people will come. So, um, you know, I think there was a time, I look back now, every year, 
literally every year it was like 40% of the church was renewed, you know. <laughs> 40% of the people were renewed every year, you know. I look back like, you know, from Vision Sunday to Vision Sunday, I'm like, hmm, how many of you were not here last Vision Sunday? And I, I see like 30, 40, 40% of hands would go up, you know. So that's also one of the challenges, one of the joys and the beautiful things of the River Istanbul, but one of the challenges, you know, because it... It, it, it does tend to, you know, make it difficult to establish kind of an identity and, a, and stability and consistency in one way. But then also, man, we've just spread out all over the place. I mean, thousands of people. Only heaven will tell the yeah. impact that we have made in the lives of people. And the work has truly been apostolic. The work has truly, truly, truly been visionary and pioneering. And, and that's what apostolic work is about, pioneering things in places where nothing has ever been done and preaching gospel to pe in, in places where the gospel has not been preached. You know, we established the first and only and still the only full-time Pentecostal Holy Ghost-filled revival uh, institute in the nation through RBI and television broadcast, I mean, internet broadcast. You know, we are still the only church in the nation that broadcasts every service live and touches hundreds and hundreds of people every week, you know. And so it's truly remarkable what God has done. And I'm very excited about the next chapter Amen. or what God's going to do. And I'm, there's going to be another video coming up after this. And I just wanted to share, you know, my heart, my past, my history, uh, because obviously uh, Pastor Rose and I, our lives, our history is basically the life and the history of the church, you know. 22 years of ministry in Turkey for me, you know, and now, of course, a new chapter, which is also going to impact Turkey and the nations like never before. And that's what, you know, we're growing, you know, you know we've done this a long time, but really it's not a long time, you know, compared to 30, 40, 50 years, if the Lord should tarry of what is going to happen through Turkish Revival Ministries and River Istanbul and all the river churches and River Bible Institute that, you know, and, and people that are being raised up and trained up. So I wanted to just share that with you. I love you all, and I want to just impart that with you. Now Pastor Galva is going to come. He's going to share it a little bit, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to share something about the future. Amen. Because this has all been about the past and the present, but where we're going from here, I'll have another video for that for you. Love you so much. God bless you. Amen. Well, you can do better than that. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I, I'm just going to share a little bit. And then, like Pastor said, it's going to come back again. We have another video. Uh, this is our Vision Sunday. We're talking about the past. We're talking about the present. We're talking about the future. And uh, like I said earlier on, I had a membership class with people last week, Monday. And I shall be having another one this Tuesday. And the reason why we do this is because we want everyone that wants to be a part of what God is doing in and through this ministry to be fully committed, fully connected. You know, you cannot see this place as a place you just come to have your needs met and then you walk away and then come back two, three months later. The church needs to understand that we are a family. Everyone here, I mean the church, everyone here needs to understand that we are a family. And in every family, there are benefits and there are responsibilities. Can someone say amen? amen. But it, just in regards to some of the things that Pastor Corey has been sharing, there are some of the uh, things that I noted down that I would like to also share with you briefly. Um, I want you to see the book of Proverbs chapter 29. 
And we're going to look, look at verse 18. Proverbs 29, verse 18. The Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. I told you earlier on that this is our vision Sunday. We endeavor to do this once every year. For those of you that have never sat through a vision Sunday, you are sitting through one today. But you see, there are many of you here that have joined us in the last one year that do not know the reason why this church is in town, do not know the story behind the inception of this church, do not know what the vision of this church is. But it's important to understand that as we speak along the lines of vision, that as you sit here today, the Lord wants to also open up your spirits so that you grab the vision that God has for you. <clears throat> I believe with all of my heart that God has a vision for each person here today. Can someone say amen? amen? Now, it's important to understand this. Where there is no vision, the people do what? They perish. One of the things that I noted down here is this. Someone's vision is someone else's breakthrough. Did you get that? Someone's vision is someone else's breakthrough. You and I wouldn't be here today if not for the encounter that Pastor Corey had. Someone's vision, someone's encounter with God is someone else's miracle. The reason that we are here today is because this man had an encounter with God. You wouldn't be sitting here today and enjoying the presence of God. And for those of us that are being in this church for a long time, the Lord has touched and radically changed our lives. I can stand here this morning and I can tell you story after story of the things that God's done in me. And the things that God has done for me, the things that God has done through me as a result of sticking with this place. So someone's Vision is someone else's miracle. Someone's breakthrough is someone else's breakthrough. So there are people that are not here today and I tell you that they are waiting on you to have a vision. Because it is your vision. I'm telling you. Your vision, your vision, your God-given vision is going to bring about breakthrough in your life. You're sitting here today in the next two years, in the next five years, in the next ten years. You look back and you see where God has brought you to. You look back and you'll be amazed. Some of you will have to pinch yourself because you will think you've died and gone to heaven. Because great things shall be accomplished through your life. Amen. Pastor Corey tells the story today, but think about it. It started many, many years ago. And today he tells us the story of how he had an encounter with God. The Bible says we must not despise the days of little beginnings. And I believe the reason why the Bible says that is because big days are coming. Amen. Tell, two, three, two, tell two people big days are coming. <laughs> that's, why we, that's why we must not relent. That is why we must not be discouraged. Don't despise the days of small things. Big things are upon you. Big things are in the pipeline. Big things are going to happen through your life. Don't despise the days of small beginnings. Today you might look at your life, you might think to yourself, well, I'm the only one. 
Can I guarantee you something? If you will stick to God's plan, if you will stick to God's purpose, you will find out in the next two, three, four, five years, in the next decade, in the next 20 years, that God has brought so many people to partner with what God has placed upon your life. Can someone say amen? Amen. So someone's vision is someone else's breakthrough. That's why we must press into God. We must, each of us, if you heard what Pastor, Pastor Corey said, he said, this place is a place of revival. This place is a place of the move of God. This place is a place where the presence of God dwells. We don't want to ever come here in every, any meeting and have a dry service. I detest dry service. We don't ever want to come here and have a religious service. I detest religiosity. We want the move of God. We want the glory of God. We want the presence of God. We want the reality of his word. That's why when we come here, we we preach with passion. Because we are on fire. (laughs) This place is a fire center. This place is an anointing center. Can someone say amen? amen? Listen, you don't come to this place and leave the same way. It is not possible. You're going to line up or you're going to get out. Can someone say amen? amen? So this place is so important. That's why Pastor Corey said this is a place of revival. Because he was touched by revival. When he opened that magazine and saw Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. He said, wow, this is what I want. I've never heard that word, revivalist. And then it struck him that God is calling him to be a revivalist. Can someone say amen? Amen. And we see that for many years, God has used him to raise up other revivalists. And I'm one of them. Praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because I don't like a dry service. I don't like a service where everything is quiet. I like a noisy service. Like the one we're having today. Amen. Amen. Because it's it's only in the cemetery. (laughs) The cemetery is quiet. Dead. Noiseless. Dry service, my friend. I I don't like that. I can tell you this this is not the cemetery. I said, this place is not a cemetery. This place is not a graveyard. Praise God. (laughs) So we see that from out of this one encounter that Pastor Corey had, many lives have have flourished. Is that right? Myself and many, many more. And that's why for those of us who whose lives have been touched radically by his ministry. For someone like me, I've decided that I'm going to stay faithful and connected. And I can also tell you my story. In actual fact, I was here. When I say here, I mean we, we moved in here eventually. But I was there the day he said he announced the first Sunday service. So I was there the first day of the church. And it's going to 19 years now. I told people a couple of weeks ago in the church, 
I said, I've, I've, I've been privileged to be a member of only two churches all my life as a Christian. By the way, I became a believer in Christ in 1989. And I've been privileged to be a member of only two churches. The first church was where I gave my heart to Jesus in Lagos, Nigeria. And the second church is the river of Istanbul. And the reason, the reason I'm not over there is because I'm here. <laughs> but then you see people hop from church to church and they go from place to place. And some go to three churches on one Sunday. <laughs> the second thing I got from, from the stuff Pastor Corey was saying is this. Everyone has a divine destiny in God. Don't settle for less. Tell your neighbor, don't settle for less. Pastor Corey said that he had the opportunity to make a lot of money if he had pursued his career. But you see, it's one thing for you to have a career. It's a whole different thing for God to give you an assignment. Many pursue a career, but God has an assignment for you. We live in the last days. I believe we live in the last seconds of the last days. This is not a time to pursue a career. This is time to pursue God's divine assignment. I said, God has a divine assignment for you. Amen. And I'm telling you, you, you can't pursue a career. You have to pursue God's divine plan. You have to pursue God's divine assignment. God has a divine assignment for each of you. And I tell you, not everyone will pack out a stadium. Not everyone will stand behind the pulpit. Not everyone will pack out an auditorium and preach. But God has a divine assignment for each of you. Amen. Can someone say amen? And so don't settle for less. Don't settle for less. Good is the enemy of the best. God does not want you to have the good. God wants you to have the best. Amen. And the best is when you are in the center of the will of God. Yes. Can someone say amen? amen. And don't ever, don't ever judge your life based on what you get materially. Because material things that does not determine success. God's own definition of success is totally different from the world's definition of success. The world says you're successful because you drive a nice car. The world says you're successful because you wear nice suits. The world says you're successful because you have an amazing education. But God says you're successful because you are right in the center of my plan for your life. That's God's definition. And it is time for the church to wake up and realize God's definition and grab a hold of God's definition and run with nothing but the vision of God for your life. Amen. Because when it is all said and done, and to be honest with you, life is like a vapor. It appears today, it disappears the next minute. You've got to understand that God has a divine plan for your life. And when all is said and done, what will matter is what you've done for the kingdom of God. It's what you've done for the kingdom of God. It's what you've done for the kingdom of God. That's what's going to count. Not what you've done for yourself. Not the empire you built. God's not impressed by your empire. God's impressed by what you do in his name. Can someone say amen? I said God's impressed by what you do in his name. So don't settle for less. Sometimes God's speaking to people about doing this. But they want to do that. And they want to do that because they thought if they do that, they're going to make a lot of money. They think if they do this, they're going to meet a lot of people. 
The Bible says, many are the plans in the heart of a man. Nevertheless, the will of God shall stand. It is God's will that we want to pursue. On this Vision Sunday, I want God to put a vision in your heart. On this Vision Sunday, I want you to cry out to God from today and say, God, why am I on earth? Are you just going to be a statistic? Won't your life count for the kingdom of God? History books are waiting to be written of men and women that will shake cities and shake nations and bring in the end time harvest of souls and touch lives. Whether it's in the full time ministry or whether it's in the marketplace ministry, wherever God will release you, that your life will count. And when it is all said and done, you appear before him in glory. He will say to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of your Lord. You will not be like that man who hid his talent and the master said to him, depart from me. Depart from me. Throw him into outer darkness where there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of tears. A lot of people live selfishly. This is time to live selflessly. This is time to lay your life down. And how do you lay your life down? When you discover God's plan. Because when you discover God's plan for your life, God's plan will always require that you lay your life down for other people. God's plan is never about you alone. God's plan is bigger than you. That's why the man of God left everything for when he was in the U.S. He had the all the opportunities to be a very successful man. Worked with Fortune 500 companies. But he said, no, I'm leaving all of this behind. I'm going back to my nation and I'm going to bring in the harvest of souls. For 18, 19 years, he plowed and plowed and plowed. And today you and I are here as a result of that work. Yes. Come on now. If anyone told you that to pursue the plan of God would come easy, they lied to you. But I can guarantee you, even though it does not come easy every day, you will have the grace of God upon your life. You will have the peace of God upon your life. The Bible said the peace of God shall protect your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I don't care the devils that break loose against you. I don't care people that talk about you and talk against you. If you are in the center of the will of God, when you are with God, you are with majority. I don't care who fights you. I don't care who talks bad against you. But when God is for you, nobody can be against you. Come on. Hallelujah. Don't settle for less. Number three. God connected Pastor Corey with Dr. Rodney. And Pastor, Rodney, Pastor Corey felt at home there. You know what I believe? That God knows the right place where you need to be a part of. I remember the first day I walked into this church. 1999. I walked in. He was having a service in one of the hotels in Taksim Square. The moment I walked in, I felt in my heart, this is home. Amen. Not everyone feels that. And I know not everyone wants to be in the river here. And you're welcome not to be here.
But when I walked in, I knew this is home. Because home to me is where the presence of God is. Amen. So strong was the presence. So thick was the presence when I walked in. You could literally cut it with a knife. You know how you, 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 there is that sigh of relief? That, that was exactly how I felt when I walked in. And that's why I'm still here. Amen. That's why I'm standing here and talking to you. Praise the Lord. I said, Praise the Lord. The place is important. Everyone say the place, place is important. First Kings 17, God said to Elijah, go to the brook, the brook, Cherith. Go to the brook, Cherith, the place. There is the place of provision. There is a place where the vision is birthed. There is a place where the vision flourishes. There is a place where you excel. There is a place. The environment matters. So where you go to is important. It's going to determine your destiny. It's going to determine your destiny. That one's other place. Yes. Study shows it has it that a shark has the ability to grow up to 20 feet long. A shark, basically one of the top predators in the ocean. But when you take the baby shark and put it in an aquarium, the growth of the shark is limited. Everyone said the place. the place. Here is a top predator. Release it into the ocean and you see the ability. But put it in an aquarium, the ability is limited. Why? The environment. That's why Pastor Corey said he felt he had to go to Tampa. Took his newly wedded wife, flew down to Tampa to get ready for what God's doing. Yes. Amen. So I came here, I felt this is where I need to be. I need to be in the presence of God. I also came through Bible school. And that's, what I'm, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing today. Can someone shout amen? amen. So today, I, we're here to challenge you. That you don't run from place to place. If you feel in your heart and sense in your heart that this should be a home, then stay here. How many of you have been with this church for at least 10 years? At least 10. Lift your hand and wave it. Don't be scared. 10. Yes. Look at those hands. They've been here for at least, Irene, yes, 14 years. <laughs> Irene has been here for 14 years. She was born here. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. Put your hands. How many of you have been here for at least five years? Five years. Awesome. Look at all those hands. Look at all those hands. Look at all those hands. Awesome. How many of you have been here for at least two years? Wonderful. Awesome. How many of you have been here for at least a month? No, no. At least one month. <laughs> Amen. Awesome. Well, put your hands together for yourself. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. So the people you associate with will affect your life. 
Do you know that? It's very important. The people you associate with will affect your life. So it's important that we begin to call on you to associate with what God's doing in this place. This, this ministry, for the last 18 years, like Pastor Corey said, two months from now, we're getting into the 19th year of the church. We're celebrating the 19th anniversary of this ministry. For 19 years of working hard, 19 years of reaching the lost, 19 years of seeing tens of thousands of people coming to the kingdom of God. I thought someone was going to give God praise on that one. 19 years. 19 years. 19 years. 19 years. 19 years. Only eternity would reveal what has gone, what has happened in this place. Only eternity would show us the fullness of the things that has happened in this church. Amen. Amen. Many who couldn't have children have had children here. Right? Many have been married in this place. Hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Many have been healed of all kinds of ailments and diseases. Amen. Many have started businesses here. Many came with, they had nothing. They, they, were, they were zero. But as they sat in this ministry, the anointing that's in this ministry, the word that's in this ministry has empowered them. Now they are business owners. Yes. My God, I thought someone was going to give God praise on that one too. Yes. Come on now. Oh, the last thing I want to say is this. Pastor Corey mentioned what we refer to as the mission or the core values of this church. Evangelism. <laughs> Discipleship and church planting. These are the three core values of the church. Every time I do membership class with people who are interested in becoming members of this church, I emphasize the core values. Evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. These are the core values of this ministry. And I want to say to you here this afternoon that every believer here needs to have some core values in their lives. I see some people, they're in Taksim Square. Someone calls them, hey, can you meet me in Aksarai? They run over to Aksarai. Someone else calls them, can you meet me in Mejidekoi? They run down to Mejidekoi. They find out at the end of the day, they've run around doing every other person's activity but their own. They go back home, they put their heads on their pillow, they have achieved nothing. The reason is because they have no core value. Core values will protect you. Core values will keep you in the confines of God's plan. Core values will protect the things you do and the way you carry yourself. You won't be running around serving everybody, but not yourself. You know, many are living other people's lives. It's time to live your life. I say it's time to live your life. I said it's time to live your own life. Can someone say amen? So we praise God for what he's doing. Amen. Amen. Did that bless anybody?